0: This is the black and blue report presented by ABC insurance agencies, a better choice for insurance now from studio B or wherever the saints or Pelicans might be. Here's
1: Sean Kelly. Hi everybody. Welcome into the black and blue report, the podcast for saints and Pelicans fans. Thank happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. It is Thanksgiving Eve, isn't it? And a busy Wednesday here on campus of the Saints and the Pelicans. Of course, the Saints are getting ready for the Los Angeles Rams this weekend. This is their normal Wednesday, which is a very busy day. And the Pelicans are in the uh, throes of a back-to-back, a pretty difficult one that started very well last night. A huge blowout win in Atlanta. We'll talk about that in a moment. And now a game tonight at home against the Minnesota Timberwolves before tomorrow's Thanksgiving holiday and travel out west. We've lined up some good guests for you today. Even though this is Thanksgiving Eve, it's still a Wesley Wednesday. That means David Wesley stops by, and we'll also hear from Jen Hale as well from the NFL on Fox. She had the Los Angeles Rams, her crew with Chris Myers and Ronde Barber this past weekend in L.A., and as it turns out, they will be on the broadcast for Fox this weekend when the Saints host the Rams this weekend. So Jen Hale right in the middle of the week here to kind of take us from last weekend forward to this weekend's matchup. And uh, we're pleased to have both David and Jen. As a matter of fact, our visits with David and Jen were recorded last night on the uh, Pelicans team plane on the way home from Atlanta. So uh, we take uh, Black and Blue Report everywhere, don't we? And we'll take it to new heights with our with our visits with those two. And uh, to wrap up our Wednesday program and our short week here on the Black and Blue Report, we're pleased to welcome back Ryan Rucco from ESPN. He'll have the play-by-play call on the television side of the Pelicans and the Timberwolves. First, uh, a couple of Saints notes real quick. The uh, coverage that you'll get today is from John DeShazer on NewOrleansSaints.com and your Saints mobile app. You'll also get streaming today of Drew Brees' Wednesday press conference, and also you'll get uh, the latest from head coach Sean Payton, who spoke to the media this morning uh, via conference call. He did have a comment about Mark Ingram and his possible availability for this weekend. He talks about the Rams defense, which has been so good, allowing just 15 points per ball game, and also some challenges regarding Jared Goff, and while Goff didn't have a great debut last weekend, uh, it's still a new quarterback that you've got to kind of uh, work around a, a lack of tape and uh, insert new quarterback into established Rams offensive system. Anyway, Coach talks about that, and you can find that at NewOrleansSaints.com and on your Saints mobile app. And then real quick, a couple of notes about the Pelicans uh, before we get to our guest today. That win last night, maybe the best of the year. One twelve ninety four 94 over the Atlanta Hawks. It was not that close, as the final scorer would say. In fact, the Pelicans built a 35-point lead last night, had their best half of basketball with 66 points in the first half, and did a bunch of this last night without Anthony Davis, who bruised his knee going after a loose ball out of bounds Ran his right knee into a row of chairs. Uh, he was able to return later. Uh, we'll see how it affects him tonight. But uh, shining last night, certainly Tim Frazier, uh, who uh, had 14 assists, tied a career high with 21 points. Terrence Jones playing sick, had 17 off the bench. A balanced attack for a Pelicans team now that's won three in a row. And uh, four of their last five, they'll come home tonight with a record of 5-10 and 10 and hoping to keep some momentum alive here against Minnesota, who will be here at four and nine. It'll be a showcase of young talent in the NBA. Anthony Davis obviously headlining for the Pelicans, but you'll get your uh, first look here this weekend, or tonight rather. It is the weekend, isn't it? I mean, it's a holiday weekend. But Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, Ricky Rubio, Zach Levine, and that bunch from uh, Coach Tom Thibodeau's team up there in Minneapolis. So we've lined it all up for you. We've got some very informative guests, some entertaining thoughts From Jen Hale, David Wesley on a Wesley Wednesday, and Ryan Rucco from ESPN. Stay with us. We'll get started on our great conversations after these messages.
2: We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious chunky chicken and sausage gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. It's family night.
3: You take the wife and kids to a new hibachi restaurant. The flames go up. Your wife's eyebrows get singed off, and Junior leaves with a black eye, thanks to a projectile shrimp. But it doesn't have to be this way. Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans, facing off against the Minnesota Timberwolves the night before Thanksgiving. Pick up a Pierre's Party Pack for tickets, food, and free throws. Visit pelicans.com for
0: tickets and win the night.
2: Got a long day ahead?
0: Power on with Smoothie King's new coffee high protein smoothies. It's a nutritious breakfast blended to shift your morning into high gear with delightfully smooth cold brewed coffee for your mind and at least 30 grams of protein for your body. Try all four energizing flavors, vanilla, almond mocha, raspberry mocha, and cinnamon latte and power on your day. New coffee high protein smoothies, coffee for your mind and protein for your body. Only at Smoothie King, smoothies with a purpose. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report.
1: Well, to say that Jen Hale is a well-traveled woman would be a gross understatement, especially this time of year. If you just took this week alone, and Jen, correct me if I'm wrong here, Los Angeles to Atlanta, Atlanta to New Orleans, New Orleans to Portland, Portland back to New Orleans, and that's just to get to Saturday Saturday. I can't even imagine how you're holding up right now.
4: (laughs) Well, it's kind of par for the course. This is my fifth year doing it, so I've got the... At least I've got the packing down to a a science. You know, I have an extra set of everything. It was my excuse to buy extra shoes, hair dryer, curling, and I never unpack that stuff. I just switch the clothes in and out. All the toiletries and tools... Necessary, yes. ladies know what I'm talking about that all stays in the suitcase and never comes out yes and
1: and the book ends of this week that explains some of this back and forth is your NFL on Fox duties, and certainly we're we're catching you at just the right time because last weekend you had the Los Angeles Rams in Los Angeles this weekend you'll have the Rams again, but at New Orleans against the Saints, so whether it was on purpose or it just happened that way. You're going to give us a great look here at, at the Rams, and, and obviously how it relates to the Saints.
4: Well, I sure hope so. Yeah, I, I love, I love obviously getting home Saints games. Uh, it's always, it's always a blast from from my perspective. But it is nice, you know. We're all over the place. You never know which which game we get assigned to. But I do love having teams more than once, especially back to back, because you really feel like you start to get some good insight into trends, into patterns, issues the team's facing, uh, things that are out there in public perception that might be made to look bigger than they really are. Mm
1: -hmm. When you think of the Rams I think instantly here of course in recent memory of St. Louis but now it's different. What was that experience like in Los Angeles with the Rams this past weekend?
4: Yeah you know it was special. Um, I actually kept my, my press pass for my scrapbook because uh, first year that they're once again the Los Angeles Rams and one of the last years they'll be playing in the Coliseum because they're building that big beautiful new uh, stadium that they will be in. Uh, the renderings are just amazing. Um, but being first of all being in the Coliseum, something that I can remember I' uh, watching the Olympics unfold there as a kid, you know I felt like I was in a movie scene to some extent. It was very historic, it was very inspiring. I thought you know when I'm 80 and look back at this, this is one of the memories I'm gonna, I'm gonna recall, being here, getting to call a game in a place like this that's just shy of 100 years old. No doubt.
1: Help us get ready for this weekend, as I know, folks like me who are zeroed in on the Saints and in that week-to-week look at the next opponent. I, I kind of have an idea of what the Rams have been going through, you know, where they are in their season, but certainly not in the way that you would have in preparing for last Sunday's game. So maybe before we even get to the Saints Rams specifically. Get me up the speed, if you don't mind, on the state of the Los Angeles Rams right now.
4: I think it's been obviously a, a bit of a crazy year for them. The adjustment of moving, the scrutiny, just the the atmosphere of the team. Mm-hmm. When they were in St. Louis, they were always second, maybe even third fiddle to other sports. Uh, and in L.A. now, there's this hype, there's this stardom that I don't think many of those players or coaches have experienced, at least not if they were with the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of fans, the way the fans treated them. You know, I didn't know what to expect in terms of crowd. I wondered if there would be much of a, of a um, home crowd. And it was kind of funny. The home crowd was loud on offense. It's, it's as if they didn't know when they weren't supposed to cheer. It was bizarre. <laughs> but at least they have support. At least mm-hmm. they have um an an ardent following i will say that um as far as who the team is you know when you look at them from an x's and o's standpoint it's the same team really that, that you saw in st louis but i'll say this with jeff fisher you never know what to count on what he'll pull and he has had great success against the saints in recent history he's pulled out some ones that Vegas and all the odds makers said, oh, the Saints are a shoe-in. And, man, the Rams had their number from, from the get-go of the game. Once again, their defense is phenomenal, especially that front four. Yeah. Uh, the O-line for the Saints, they're going to have their hands full this weekend, uh, keeping Drew clean and upright. That front four is scary. They're extremely good at what they do. Jared Goff, obviously the story right now on offense. The NFL's number one pick made his debut last week. Very conservatively called game. Uh, you really felt like, wow, he didn't do anything or he didn't even attempt anything that Case Keenum couldn't do. It was, it was very basic. Um, but Fisher's whole philosophy has been to ease golf in. And believe it or not, yes, I was in LA, but I felt like I was in New Orleans or Charlotte. It was in the 50s. It was raining. It was gray. It was windy. Very un LA like weather. Uh, so when I talked to Fisher at halftime, you know, he's lauded his. Fisher, he's lauded Goff's arm so many times. I said, You know, are we going to see him air it out at all? This has been all short intermediate passes or handoffs to Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. And he told me, I can't wait to see it, but probably not in this weather. And sure enough, that that proved to be true. So there will be no excuses in the Dome Sunday. So um, other than noise yeah. and, and then the home crowd factor for the Saints. So I'll, I'll be interested to see if, if they let Goff go a little more, take the handcuffs off to some extent.
1: I will be too because I'm glad that you pointed out the adversity that's kind of maybe a strong word but the the less than ideal conditions that they were hoping for in his first start at home LA weather the whole 9 yards it didn't quite turn out that way and now he has to turn around and go play at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome that's that's quite a stretch for a young quarterback to to say that he would be or his coach would be comfortable with that
4: Absolutely uh, I really think they envisioned different weather to let him get his feet under him, mm-hmm. so to speak. <laughs> uh, and, and it was mainly handoffs to Todd Gurley. That was that was their uh, de facto safe zone. Now, you know, when, in terms of receivers, you're looking at Tavon Austin, Kenny Britt. Um, he doesn't have a whole lot of choices, but perhaps some of these receivers will start looking better when golf becomes accustomed right. to throwing, because you've got to have a good quarterback to look good as a receiver. But, but as it's looking now, yeah, it... it um, I would think for the Saints' defense, it should be a good day. We're going to find out. Should be right.
1: (laughs) But as you pointed out, you never know with Saints and Rams. You know, one thing we do know is that the Saints come home. uh, You know, after the Thursday night game and another week of the special teams uh, miscues. Um, And I know it's early in the week. You know, as we're visiting here Tuesday, Wednesday, and the game isn't until Sunday. But but I got to think, as you and Chris Myers and Rondé Barber get ready for this game on Fox this weekend, that Those special team storylines are probably going to be prominent in your early conversation.
4: Absolutely. They have to be. When you look at the weaknesses of this Saints squad, that seems to be the one thorn in their side. For a while, the defensive struggles were overshadowing uh, special teams issues, but but the defense seems to at least have found um, some steady ground. Uh, Certainly, they're not on par with the Rams defense, but you don't have to be when you have an offense like um, like the Saints have under Drew Brees. But special teams, these games are also close, Sean. You look at the win-loss margins now. A few seemingly simple mistakes can easily cost you a game. So they've, they've got to get those under control if they want to give themselves the best shot. And, hey, let's face it, as ugly as the record may look in some, some degrees, it's still not out of the realm of possibility. It's like no one wants to give away the NFC South again.
1: I I totally agree with you on that. But, shoot, I'm looking at, what, six games to go for the Saints, three in the division, which is I think is a good thing based on what you're saying. But at the same time, have the Saints put themselves in a position where the postseason starts now? I, I hate to cliche it a little bit, but I can't imagine that they can – stub their toe here and still be okay
4: exactly every game counts now there's no margin for error and that's why special teams has to get short up those issues must be addressed um because you just you you can't afford to lose a game on a mistake like that
1: the contrast that you pointed out you know golf and how early he is and (laughs) and you touched on drew just just i mean for a flash there but i I sometimes pinch myself thinking about what I've watched Drew Brees do, not only over the years, but specifically this year. What a contrast between Drew Brees and Jared Goff this
4: weekend. Uh, such a good point, Sean. Two, two ends of the story, cool. so to speak. One just starting and one celebrating what has been just an amazing Hall of Fame career. Not that it's over yet, but, mm-hmm. you know, certainly on the back end. Um, I know that Goff is excited to get to watch Drew in person. Yeah. Um for for any signal caller, uh, Drew has to be one of the ones you study and look up to and and want to emulate. And uh, Goff also admires his leadership. I think he's going to be very interested in watching what Drew does on the field. How does he command the huddle? For as much as you can see from the sideline, um, what is his demeanor? All of this stuff is new to to Goff. You know, he he has to learn. How does an NFL quarterback conduct himself? And Case Keenum is a good game manager but certainly not obviously at the level Drew is so um, yeah I think golf is gonna have a lot of things running through his head he's gonna be taking into account many many lessons come Sunday not just the game at hand
1: by the power granted to me under the um, bylaws of the black and blue report I'm granting you permission Jen Hale to interview any player offense defense or special teams from either the Rams or the Saints going into the weekend your pick okay. who's it going to be heading into this weekend and specifically for this matchup
4: for an on the record type thing no.
1: it can be in preparation for like when you all meet with coaches and players you know on friday saturday or if you want to set something up on air i you know <laughs> the, i've been vested with these grand powers today so um your pick here
4: yeah you know i'd like a really honest conversation with jared goff um One of the challenges for all media, and you could probably speak to this as well, Sean, so often, so many of these interviews are, I don't want to use the word scripted, but they know what they're supposed to say, they know what they're not supposed to say. Uh, I would truly like an evaluation, an honest evaluation from him of how he felt that game went, of whether he feels like he's being held back too much, or whether he sees wisdom in the conservative play calling and and the kind of effort to to ease him into this process because in hostile territory there probably won't be any chance to ease him into things unless you're just going to concede that game from the beginning. He's going to have to go for it. He's going to have to perform under pressure and uh, you know as painful as that Carolina loss was boy the Saints came back in that second half you feel like the team's right there you feel like it's a possibility I think fans do I don't think fans feel like it's a done deal out of reach and this is certainly one that the team needs so you know that that fan base is going to come to play yeah
1: I think you're totally right um obviously Saints Rams this weekend you may already know what the schedule looks like for you and your crew the rest of the way um, but is there a team down the stretch that you that you hope you get your your assignment to at this point?
4: Yeah, that's always a good question. I actually don't know. Um, after next weekend, uh, all the fun starts with flex scheduling and and who who has you know who has the most to lose. Uh, so we have the Saints twice in a row at home this Sunday and next Sunday. Oh, wow. but, but then yeah, but then after that. Um, no, it's all up in the air. Uh, and, you know, traditionally, Fox has always had NFC. But now you've got cross-flexing and you see. So, so anyway, we could have some AFC matchups. It's really just wide open. Um, I guess I'd probably like to see a team I haven't had this season just because I, I enjoy putting eyes on as many teams as I can. Mm-hmm. I feel like I get a better feel. Uh, we have not had the Patriots yet. That being said, I am a wimp, Sean. I love outdoor games in September and October, but come November, December, I will never be upset for either an indoor game or a game in Florida.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. You've already survived Minnesota outdoor late season, so you've You've uh, you've earned that badge, as they say.
4: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and, hey, you know, one other thing that, that hopefully will play in the Saints' favor for Saints fans, you know, they got the short end of the stick with that Thursday game versus Carolina, but now they're going to have 10 days to rest up yeah. to get game plans solid. Uh, can Mark Ingram return from that concussion and be cleared? Uh, certainly a lot of pieces that still need to come together for this team, for it to be a well-oiled machine and, and, and that run game is one of them. And a, this would be a good test of how good Mark and Tim Hightower could really be together against this Rams front. Well,
1: that is a very good point. And it probably this weekend will set up the rest of the way for that football team. There's no doubt about that. Here we are in a plane visiting <laughs> that's kind of like you're half home these days all the best happy thanksgiving and safe travels to you
4: yes absolutely happy thanksgiving to you and your family and thanks for having me i always love visiting with y'all
3: you're at a dinner party you're seated next to a loudmouth. plus there's no bread why is there no bread myrtle the family chow chow seems very interested in you but you're allergic to myrtle and you left your inhaler at home but it doesn't have to be this way win the night with the new orleans pelicans facing off against the minnesota timberwolves the night before thanksgiving pick up a pierre's party pack for tickets food and free throws visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night
0: She captured the hearts of generations.
2: Now, Dolly Parton gives you
0: Pure and Simple. A sensational night, live with all of her greatest hits. November 30th, Smoothie King Center. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com or call 800-745-3000. Don't miss your chance to see the iconic Dolly Parton. Guess what day it is. Pump day? Well, yeah. And it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report.
1: We've done Wesley Wednesday in hotel lobbies, arenas, hotel rooms, multiple cities, studios, but I don't think ever at 35,000 feet. Welcome to a new chapter in Wesley Wednesday, David. I'm,
5: I'm still in my suit and tie. I'm starting to feel like a coach now because you always do coaches show <laughs> on
1: the plane. So I'm feeling like a head coach. Here I am. I do. I do. And we have the, the nice soothing rumble of jet engines behind us as the soundtrack for which, uh, what I think is going to be our happiest Wesley Wednesday conversation in a long time, David.
5: Yes, it is. It, <laughs> it does come off of several wins and... and it just puts everything better. Everything is in a better mood. Your call is better, I'm sure. My call is it's just more fun.
1: I'm looking at the box score from the game at Atlanta, and it still hasn't, I don't think it hit me yet, biggest lead, Pelicans 35, 34-14 first quarter, 112-94 final score against a team in Atlanta that seemingly was almost unbeatable at home through their first seven. This is, I don't want to call it shocking, but it does jar you a little bit in a good way. It definitely
5: does. And, you know, you, you say that 112-94, it wasn't really that close, which is hard to say about an 18-point win. Um, impressive from start to finish. You could see they had that assertiveness. They were attacking. Uh, their offense was, was early in the shot clock before the, the Hawks could get set. 29 assists. Ball was moving everybody was involved six guys in double figures there's a lot about that stat sheet in the game tonight that really just blow you away and you know you just you just you feel the confidence coming the good play coming the results coming with it hopefully they can continue it
1: let me get really simple with this next question Who was your favorite player in the game against atlanta or your favorite moment in the game Oh man, there's.
5: Yeah, you know I, I. I really liked, I really liked the way. Terrence Jones has played, over the last five or so games. But, my goodness, it, you know when, I'm always a fan and I'm always biased to that guy in the D League. I'm a CBA'er. The D League. Having that hunger, knowing that Drew comes back, am I going to be starting very long? Am I going to be playing as much? And don't just give it away. Go out there and fight. Go out there and get you a career high with 14 assists. That's
1: my favorite. Tim Frazier. Tim Frazier is my guy. All right. He was pretty special last night. 21 points, as David mentioned, matching a career high, season high assists, 14 assists. Oh, by the way three steals as well this team is stealing the ball and blocking shots at a pace that i don't remember for some time
5: no you know it's it's every time you look on the stat sheet seven eight nine steals seven eight nine blocks um very impressive because in order for this team to do well they have to buy in the idea was to bring in more defensive-minded players and players that truly get along together. You know, I I walk in the locker room tonight and I run into Dante Cunningham and Etwan Moore joking back and forth. And I said to him, I said, this is what I miss about the locker room. He said, yeah, it's fun that you, Dante said, it's fun that you can say and joke with your teammates. And that just says a lot, that these guys are getting along, they're playing well, they're playing hard, and even the games that early in the season when they
1: didn't finish, now they're finishing. They've won four of their last five, David, and I know we're gonna get to the Drew Holiday thing, and we may get to it right now, because I'm gonna ask you to, to help me figure out what changed so drastically with this team. Maybe it is Drew Holiday or a residual effect of that, but have you been able to get your arms around what's happened over the last, not just three games, but say, you know, dating back to early last week? Well,
5: there's no question in my mind, Drew Holiday has an effect on the game. Confidence is big. Getting a taste of that win. And I, I, you have to give Drew his his due when you have players at that level they make the game easy for everyone and you know certainly you know Tim Frazier was setting the table you know he's in the top of the league with assists but there's a different kind of presence that a Drew Holiday brings 6-4 gliding never rushed in the paint drawing eyes You know, if someone of Tim's size goes in the paint, you you don't collapse the whole defense. Somebody of Drew's size, you collapse the defense. He's got respect. He's been an all-star. His presence, the anticipation of him coming back, the fact that these guys truly like each other and want to play for each other, that makes all the difference because nobody's looking at Drew like, oh, he's back and, you know, he's getting too much credit or anything. They're like, yeah. He does get the credit. He does get his due. And we're just going to go out here and keep playing
1: for each other and playing hard, and it's fun basketball to watch. Yeah. Anything that still concerns you? I mean, look, you and I are always going to find something to be concerned about, but still, even in the midst of what feels really good right now, is there still something that is bothering you about this team?
5: Yeah, you know, I, I, I still think they got to rebound better. Uh, I, you know, I still think um, – they got an offensive rebound better as a, as a whole um there there there's still holes in the defense uh you know they got to elevate to where when we need a stop we can get a stop it's always fun to have a 25 30 point blowout but uh when they need those stops can they get them um they have over the last 3 or two of the last three they didn't need them tonight but can they get the stops when they need them uh is going to be the big thing and can they rebound the basketball when they get
1: those stops it doesn't get any easier for this team um and, and maybe that's what's impressed me also about these last three is that i think they've beaten some good teams without a doubt and and now they'll go into the smoothie king center on wednesday night tonight as we tape this um and take on a minnesota team that a lot of people like that group and rightfully so young athletic
5: long um, and and have some really good pieces you know i think getting rubio back healthy playing well has been good for them um and the assurgence of wiggins like boy you you, you know you expect guys to get better, you don't expect a guy to go from, you know, 25 points the next night, kind of all over the place to all of a sudden, you know, top of the league in scoring. So um, he's really blossomed into a really good player, and it doesn't get any easier. You know, each and every night it's a grind, even against teams that don't have winning records as – some of the teams with the better records have found out over these last three games. You're looking at the Pelicans like, you know, that's dinner. Well, the Pelicans were looking at them like, no, you're dinner, and that's not good, you know? So they came out with three really good wins against three really good teams. It's a back-to-back,
1: don't find the excuses, find a way to win. Yeah, good point. Hey, look, you know, the value in getting to visit with you like in this format each week is great not only for the fans, but really especially for me. <laughs> I'm being selfish here. Um, I'm going to look at the game against Minnesota, the upcoming road trip with Portland and Dallas, from my perspective. I didn't play the game at that level. I'm just the radio play-by-play guy. You're going to see it differently than I than I will. So share with me something that you're going to be looking for with this team in the coming days that only someone with your perspective might be able to look out for or be eager to see, good or bad, um, with the Pelicans as they turn into this next phase? Well, first I'm gonna start with the
5: excuse. Fly tonight, play tomorrow. Fly Thanksgiving, play Friday. Flying to Portland is our longest flight of the year. Then back to Dallas at home. What I'm going to be looking for is energy. Are you going to use this as an excuse? Well, the schedule goddess, the back-to-back goddess, um, or they can continue to play? They've only been really out of one game where they just kind of didn't have it, team jumped all over them, whatever. Can they continue to bring it like they've been bringing it every night, be competitive, and give themselves a chance? Now, if you start talking playoffs, you got to start winning at home. Can they go back home t- tonight and win? Which is it's going to be a tough. It's going to be this is going to be a tough back to back for this team. But don't let that be an excuse. They got to bring the energy and find a way to win these games.
1: Are we going to see a team with a losing record at some point? <laughs> I'm thinking about that. Maybe Dallas will be the first one. I think Dallas will be yeah. the first one. Um, and and.
5: Even Dallas, you know, I, I think Dallas gets dirt back um, by the time we get there, yeah. which is Sunday. So that's not going to be an easy win. I, they got to realize that they were they were Dallas 10 days ago, you right. know. So don't go in there sleeping on a team with, you know, a losing record or, or anything and think, you know, this could be our night off or, you know, let's go out and beat them by 30. No, let's go out and execute. Move the basketball around. 29 assists. There's there's one team with 10, 30 assists games, and that's the Golden State Warriors. Then there's like four or five that's tied with two. The Pelicans are one of them. Mm-hmm. They could have taken a step forward tonight, getting 29. They should have went on and got 30. Yeah. I kept rooting for it the last five minutes of the game. They wouldn't get it, but it's 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 um you know it's it's their time take this momentum keep it going and and i just it, i haven't really walked in the locker room a lot lately it looks fun in there they got to enjoy that embrace that and
1: you know it's a long season not too high not too low that's important i think that you're i hope that i'm glad that you're pointing that out because maybe that's overlooked sometimes
5: it, it is you know you you kind of get you know all happy and high fivey about About wins, and certainly when they've come as hard as they have for the Pelicans, it's hard not to. But long, long season. Long, long season. Uh, Losses aren't the worst in the world, wins aren't the greatest in the world. You just got to kind of be even with all that.
1: A Thanksgiving edition of the Wesley Wednesday report on Black and Blue Report, which I think over the last couple of years, I've always asked you um, what will be on the Thanksgiving table last year we were in phoenix and i think that our desires were met at coach gentry's house Uh, you'll have a little more control over the menu this year so happy thanksgiving and i hope that the table is set just right before you have to go to the airport well actually it's
5: not we're going over friend's house for thanksgiving (laughs) which is fine you know no cleanup but um it's still going to be a you know a good day i love thanksgiving it's my favorite holiday of all of them and uh you know, it always always brings families together and food together. What a great combination!
1: No doubt. And then, trip the fan will take over on a long flight to Portland.
5: Yeah, you know, we'll be all sleep on here. You know, full of turkey. You, you saw how I did it at, Co- at Coach Gentry's
1: house last year. I eat, go to sleep, wake up, eat some more. Amen. I'm thankful for you, my brother, and I appreciate the visit. And hopefully, we'll have an equally enjoyable visit one week from Wednesday.
5: That, that would be surely nice because that would mean we're getting real close to getting back to 500. There you go. It's
3: family night. You take the wife and kids to a new hibachi restaurant. The flames go up. Your wife's eyebrows get singed off. And Junior leaves with a black eye thanks to a projectile shrimp. But it doesn't have to be this way. Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans facing off against the Minnesota Timberwolves the night before Thanksgiving. Pick up a Pierre's Party Pack for tickets, food, and free throws. Visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night. Hi, Vincent Palumbo here. Terminex is the home of the $650 lifetime termite repair guarantee. Terminex provides termite protection and pest control. Call Terminex for all your pest problems. 834 834-7330.
0: It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue
1: Report. Well, the Pelicans will be on television tonight as usual, but a little different for you. You'll look for the Pelicans and Timberwolves game uh, on ESPN. National television broadcast also has us tipping off just after 830 Central. And we get Ryan Rucco back here on the Black and Blue Report. And he's been with us before because he's also had the Pelicans already this season. On ESPN, Ryan, welcome back to New Orleans.
6: Always good to be back here, man. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you, and happy Thanksgiving, by the way.
6: Oh, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you, man. This is our little uh, Wednesday nights—a big like going out night, right? So, this is our, our our aid to all those who will be partying tonight in advance of tomorrow.
1: Indeed, and with the tip off as scheduled tonight, <laughs> it might be Thanksgiving by the time we're done. I'm kidding, of course, but it is late. <laughs>
6: it is late it's definitely late you know it's like it gives you one of those you know when athletes talk about how they uh sometimes don't love like late night games because they're they're waiting around all day to like oh man i'm ready to play like yeah same thing for the broadcasters right it's like wait can we tip this game at like 3 p.m because like i'm i'm excited i'm ready for it instead yeah we get the the rare 8:30 local tip
1: no doubt and, and and for me it's like okay i start having to say, okay, on a normal 7 o'clock tip, I meet with Coach Gentry at this time, we knock out the pregame interview, then I go print my charts. Everything changes, and I know it's so simple as to say just add an hour and a half, but my whole day gets thrown off. But nonetheless, uh, it probably helps out the Pelicans because of the back-to-back. They get another hour and a half uh, in between last night's game and tonight. That's
6: actually, yeah, that's a good point. They do get a little... A little more rest, a little more ice time for that bruised knee of Anthony Davis. So, perhaps it does benefit them to catch their breath a little bit after a big win.
1: Yeah, it is a big win, and they're and they're playing much differently than the last time you saw them, Ryan. What what are you noticing yeah. now about the Pelicans that's different from the last time you called one of their games?
6: You know, I think one of the most interesting things is if you look at their assist numbers, right? Like they're terrific. They're they're their their assist numbers per game have been pretty good all year. Right now, I believe they're sixth. But offensively, you know, they had been up until this recent stretch. They had been 29th in the league in offensive efficiency. And I think that uh, finally they have um, you know, some of their some of those unselfish ways and some of that passing is now finally bearing fruit. Part of that has to do with having Drew holiday back no question about it not just for what he brings offensively and i think also from an uplifting standpoint for this team but also for what he does to lengthen their rotation right i mean now you look at being able to keep tim frazier in the starting lineup at least for the time being how he has pretty consistently produced throughout the year and then adding true holiday and thinking about how that changes just their overall rotations. And so you have more quality bodies on the floor at the same time. The other thing that I think has made a huge difference is the way Terrence Jones has been playing lately. You know, last night, I know he was questionable play. He came out and had a tremendous game. He has been, you know, much more efficient of late. I know the three point shot still hasn't been falling for him this year, but that's big difference is all without yet getting anything really offensively from three from buddy heel. Do you think could also, you know, be a good shooter for you. So I, I feel like the principles were there offensively from the beginning, and now they're finally getting some of those results, and that's why we're seeing them start to climb the standings a little bit uh, over these last few games and and climb as far as their rankings go offensively.
1: Yeah, indeed, indeed. And, and they have a tough one tonight. And, Ryan, in, in, in my preparation for the radio side tonight, this will be my first look at Minnesota, and I'm looking at, at, at them – individually and collectively and i can't figure out how this team is four and nine can you help me understand why minnesota with this freakish talent they have is is sitting there five games under 500
6: it's weird right because if you look at their the individual numbers if you look at let's say wiggins well his numbers are all way up you look at levine his numbers are way up you know jang is having a really good start to the season still, you know, Carl Anthony Towns numbers are fantastic again. Like how, wait, huh? How are they, how are they struggling? But it's a couple things. things. Uh, one defensively, they haven't been good. They, they really haven't. They've been a very good offensive team and, uh, and a poor defensive team. And I think that would change a little bit um, because it's a Tom Thibodeau team. So you just expect it to. The other thing is a couple injuries to their bench has, made their bench the lowest scoring bench in the nba at this point uh they've dealt with shabazz muhammad missing a few games brandon rush missing a few games and that just changed i think the composition of their rotations but more than anything else for whatever reason they have had these horrendous third quarters they've been outscored in the third quarter all but two games this year and they have blown several double digit leads as a result. And and then they finally got through a third quarter the other night and then blew a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter to Boston. So I think what you're seeing is twofold, right? They have the talent to get these huge leads, but they also have the immaturity to not know how to stop the bleeding. And they don't necessarily have that piece on their bench that's going to help stem the tide when things are getting away and maybe provide an extra boost. And they don't necessarily have the veteran to do that either. And Ricky Rubio really hasn't played all that well. So as a result, I just think when things have started to get out of hand, they haven't known how to put a plug on it, and that's why we've seen them them blow five leads of 14 or more.
1: Wow, okay, interesting. That helps me set it up a little differently tonight than maybe I perhaps had first glance (laughs) at it. Ryan Rucco here with us from ESPN. Uh, Ryan, we're about a month into the season now. In your eyes, what makes sense around the league and what doesn't make sense at the moment?
6: That's a great question. Um, I think what what makes sense to me uh, is seeing um, seeing the the Clippers playing as well as they are uh, because they have an incredible amount of continuity with their core, and I think you start a season really well when you're keeping you know um, when you're keeping pieces intact uh, the way that they are um, and, uh, and and I think that I think they have a chance to to do whatever they want this year. I think they have a chance to win it all, but I especially think at the beginning of a season you have a hungry team focused that was overlooked intact. So I'm not shocked that they're thirteen and two. I think um I'm not surprised the Lakers are that much better. I think Walton is a is a perfect coach for that team. I think he's empowered them confidence wise. Uh they have a lot of really talented young players and then they have some other guys who are finally finding roles with this group that makes sense for them. You know, Nick Young has been empowered in an interesting way. We'll see if he can keep it up, but he's actually been defending well for them. He hit a big shot last night. Um, You also have Lou Williams in that perfect off the bench role. Jordan Clarkson slotting it off the bench has made the Lakers bench so potent as well. So that uh, I, I think is great for the league. And I'm not so surprised by, I guess I'm a little, I'm a little surprised by just how bad Miami has been. Um, I, I think it might ultimately serve them well because they, you know, they could be better off, uh, you know, not making the playoffs this year and getting another piece to reset, you know, along the same timeline as a Hassan Whiteside and justice Winslow. uh, If they end up with a high draft pick, Um, I'm i I'm a little surprised that the Pacers haven't been better. Um, but uh, so that that one maybe doesn't make total uh, sense to me. Um, and uh, and then I think, you know, looking at the Timberwolves, you know, I, we kind of just broke it down. But uh, for them to have a positive point differential and yet be four and nine is just that's an anomaly doesn't usually happen. Like, for example, the only other team with a positive point differential that has a losing record is Utah, but they're seven and eight. You know, to be four and nine, to be five games under 500, and, and have a positive point differential—that one doesn't doesn't make total sense, even if we can figure out some of what's going on there.
1: We're going to see Dallas uh, on this upcoming trip. The Pelicans will have Portland Friday, and then at Dallas on Sunday. Uh, uh. This this Dallas situation uh, is is something new to all of us who are in the Southwest Division, Ryan. And and I'm curious as to what the national feel is for a program like Dallas and, and what they've done here in the start of their season too. And, and, and I don't know if you've had them yet or not, but it, you know, whether it be with the analysts you've been working with, has there been conversation yeah. in any way about the Mavs?
6: You know, I, I haven't talked a ton about them, but um, they're another team that I think could ultimately be served by having a terrible season and, and having the opportunity to you know draft towards the top of the draft. Um, it's it's a little surprising because there is talent there, right? Like, you know, Harrison Barnes, quality player, averaging over 21 a game. Uh, Wesley Matthews, quality two-way player. Um, And, you know, Andrew Bogut, good defensive player, good high post passer, whatever. Even Dwight Powell, who, uh, you know, they they signed as a restricted agent in the offseason. I like his athleticism. I thought he showed signs last year. But they're sort of missing their capable core now because if you look at it it was always Dirk right well Dirk's been unavailable and in the three games he played he only averaged 12 points like but he has been your go-to guy if he's not going to be available or if he's not going to play on that level who's going to be that like Harrison Barnes really good complimentary player I don't think he can be your second best player on a good team you know Wesley Matthews really good complimentary player love him if he's you know your third or fourth best player, like he was on those Portland teams, if he's going to be your second best player, hmm, I'm not sure that totally works. And uh, and then you look at the head of the snake, the point guard position, and Darren Williams has been beat up for a lot of this season. And, and you know, his production um, has been a bit questionable over the last few years anyway, although he had some moments last year with Dallas. So I think that what you end up having is you have a bunch of guys right now who are being asked to be – the first or second best player on a team where really they should be the third or fourth best, and that's how you end up
1: 2-11. Mm, interesting. Very interesting. That's, that's, a, that's one of the strange twists of this first month, that's for sure. Hey, man, I appreciate it. I hope that you have a great rest of your day.
6: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, man. Always, uh, always happy to get to hang in New Orleans a little bit. I'm looking forward to us getting to see – Some of the best young stars in the league going at it tonight against each other. The team records may not be great, but these teams will soon be in the spotlight uh, thanks to the talent that they have and the youth that they have with that talent.
1: I agree. I agree. That'll make it fun. That's for sure. Ryan Rucco from ESPN and uh, Ryan and Jeff Van Gundy will be on the call tonight for ESPN's telecast of the Pelicans and the Timberwolves at the Smoothie King Center. Again, tip-off. It's going to be late a little bit after 8.30. Hopefully, it won't slide toward like 8.45. You know, technically, it's 8.30 right now. I think you and I know better that it'll be about 8.35 or 8.40 when the game finally tips off. Appreciate Ryan's visit today, that's for sure. And again, he's seen the Pelicans now a couple of times, and I thought he gave us some good stuff there on not only the NBA in general here at the one-month mark, but also for that game that the Pelicans have On Sunday, which seems like forever from now, but on Sunday against the Dallas Mavericks. That wraps up a very busy Wednesday for us here on the Black and Blue Report. We knew it would be as we're off uh, tomorrow for Thanksgiving and uh, no show on Friday. We'll be back with you on Monday for another podcast on the Saints and Pelicans. This being the Black and Blue Report brought to you by ABC Insurance Agencies. So thanks again to our other guest today, Jen Hale from the NFL on Fox. And for David Wesley, too, from Fox Sports New Orleans um, on a Wesley Wednesday. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Look forward to uh, hopefully another Pellet win tonight. And uh, before we meet again, a Saints win at home this weekend against the Los Angeles Rams. Thanks to Daniel Salerson. And while we're being thankful, thank you as well for making us a part of your day. Hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday. Please be smart about your travels here over the holiday weekend and enjoy family and friends as best you can. We'll see you next time. I'm Sean Kelly, and until tonight from the Smoothie King Center, so long for just a while.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.